E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Monday, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on today's fun-filled episode. Yes, of course, you're in store for another phenomenal guest and a good behind-the-scenes friend that I am so excited to bring to the microphone, and that is one Jeremy Todd. Now, for those of you who are involved in the greater liberty world, you're probably familiar with Jeremy and his work in the greater liberty unity movement, but today Jeremy joins the program to discuss what makes a good salesperson. Now, Jeremy himself is also a sales executive and happens to be in the greater telecom industry as well, and joins the program, yes, to dig into not only what does it mean to be a good salesperson, but let's focus on, yes, how can you maybe be more likable? Number two, how can you follow a process? There's so much that Jeremy outlines, so with that being said, on to the show, Jeremy Todd here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for having me, Brian. I've, I've, I've been stoked to do this for a while. Oh, Jeremy, I've been stoked to have you on the show for a while because much like uh, other sales guys I've had in the show, like Spike Cohen, for example, I always enjoy mm-hmm. having these conversations where we dig more beyond just the conversations about the philosophy and the ideology and the, the applications and more so just about the, the art that is, I think, science of, of sales. And mm-hmm. if you look at uh, the idea of sales, and let's kind of start off here with the in- intro to who you are, right? There, there's this misconception of what it means to be a sales professional. I've had to deal with this yeah. misconception my entire life. I, I know people say, like a used car salesman, Brian, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. I try to tell people. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, you're you're a sales guy. Let's kind of talk not just about your path to liberty, but your path to being a sales professional. And what's that been like for you, especially <laughs> as you ventured here into the greater liberty world? Yeah, uh, so it, it's uh, sales, like you said, has a uh, a bad reputation about it. And so when I train 
brand new salespeople, that's one of the things that we have to overcome. And so I think uh, the the analogy I draw is kind of like if if you guys remember the used car salesperson from Matilda. Um, it, it, there, there's this imagery of salespeople are willing to do whatever it takes to get the sale when in reality, we're just incentivized uh, to, to make the sale. And so a few bad apples have, have, have kind of tainted that name for us. But in reality, most professions involve sales in some way, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, working in construction or in the medical field. For example, my wife is a veterinarian and part of her job every day is to understand, go, basically go through the sales process, to understand and <laughs> diagnose the issues, uh, present solutions and alternate solutions, and then convince people to pay for it. I laugh. I'm sorry. Um, I'm interrupt. That, I laugh. I use that example all the time. <laughs> dude. And actually, do- you, you, read my, you read my ebook, right? That was like the first hey, thing. Oh, yeah. that, but a doctor. Man, doctors, doctors are great salespeople. Um, and, uh, it, but people don't think of them as that because no. they really view them as what, what they're doing is helpful. Well, that's what the profession of sales does. So I, I go all the way back, man. I come from the school of hard knocks when it comes to sales. I, I started in kind of a door to door thing selling Cutco kitchen knives. Um, and, uh, you know, most, most people will do that for two weeks or kind of a summer. Uh, it was a five year journey for me, man. That's, and that's a lot. Really. It's a lot. It's over a million dollars in knives. Um, and uh, I, I learned how to uh, train, recruit, manage salespeople, motivate people. Uh, and it's still to this day is the thing people talk about on my resume the most. They're like, holy crap, if he can do this, he can probably sell whatever we're selling. So it was a really positive experience in that way. Um, I, I've then moved on and I did cars for a little while, hated it. Um really long hours uh, with, but I've also sold beer, financial products. Uh, I've been in the banking industry for a while. Uh, and most recently, uh, along with you and telecommunications. Um, and, uh, and that's where I, I've sat uh, since. So uh, it's really funny that sales is what kind of uh, those relationships that I built uh, or, or what kind of opened a door, uh, a relationship with somebody that I knew from Cutco. Uh, her name's Livy, Livy McKay. Go follow her on Twitter. Um, she uh, was working on the McAfee campaign in 2016. Mm. And I was just disgusted. I was a lifelong Republican. I was disgusted with the fact that Donald Trump rose to the top of the party. And <clears throat> I was looking for something else. And I stumbled across uh, her posts. They made a lot of sense to me. Uh, and so I started following that. And then it was the Gary Johnson campaign that really kind of made me go out and go rah rah. Let's let's change the system. Uh, and, and that's that's how I'm here, man. That's how you're here. Now, how about this, Jeremy? Because obviously you're coming in just like I did from more of a, a, a background in the, the private sector and from a more professional mm-hmm. standpoint. And I, sometimes I've looked at some things that have taken place and I raise an eyebrow in the LP and I say, why did we do that? So I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's not a matter of just being critical, but also as we talk about when we, we were talking about how we can help present solutions to people that will help them change their mm-hmm. minds, change their positions on things. It's, I think it's important for us also to offer solutions 
to the, right. the libertarians and the current libertarian infrastructure. Now, right now, we've seen this kind of split between the more uh, establishment libertarians and the more, I would say, uh, fervent populist uh, approach from the Mises uh, Caucus, which I think is is desperately, uh, you know, something that the Libertarian Party has been ignoring, and, and now we need to mm-hmm. really pay attention to. Um, and I don't yeah. know why they haven't really been paying attention to the, to the sentiments of the Mises Caucus. So instead mm-hmm. of, let's say, to the folks out there who are a little apprehensive of this this takeover talk let's maybe talk about ways we can present um these ideas in a different way and maybe present to libertarians across the board just how to be better salespeople so jeremy let's kind of start off from here you know i did an ebook i I told people how to four easy steps that can help sell liberty to, to friends and family right now but let's just talk about being a good salesperson what would you say are some mm-hmm. like fundamental key aspects that somebody needs to exemplify but also focus on in order to be an effective uh, salesperson be it in in terms of liberty but also just across the board okay so uh the natural response to this that i think a lot of people are expecting is that you have to be this sort of personality or this sort of you have to have this demeanor about you and all all of that is complete nonsense my number one cutco sales rep is a power nerd his shirts didn't fit like he he's he's from a very poor family and this dude sold a hundred grand worth of kitchen knives uh in poor communities so it, it has nothing to do with all of that here's here's what it takes to be a, a good salesperson number one just be a likable human being people prefer to buy from people they like now that doesn't mean you have to be this overly charismatic person or you have to be this really quiet person really in all honesty people just appreciate honesty and so uh one of the techniques that i teach my uh employees to do is is something called downselling. Downselling helps build trust and honesty in other people so uh for example in the liberty movement one way of doing a downselling would be hey look it wouldn't be preferential but i'm going to be honest we don't need to fight over roads right if the government wants to take 0.5 percent of my pay and give me roads for it i'm not fighting that right but what we do want to talk about is the real big issue which is that they take 20 percent of my income and bomb brown children in middle eastern countries so it's really telling them that it's not an all or nothing uh in, in telecom i used to go uh, and, and, and teach my, uh, so for instance, we would be selling cell phones, right? And we would always want to try and add on a case. Well, one way that you could sell a case would be to go, Hey, we do offer this $90 case from XYZ brand, but in all honesty, the way you've told me you use your phone, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's going to waste your money. You should just go with this $40 case. It's perfect fit for you. That establishes trust and makes you a really likable person. So you become something you talk about on your show a lot, that that trusted expert, uh, because you don't try to sell them everything, right? You just, t- you you find what's right for them and, and you sell what's right for them. Right. I think the second thing is you, you need to learn a process and a prescription and follow it. I tell a story of like a cooking competition where uh, you have this veteran chef and this rookie chef right out of right out of uh, cooking school. And their job is to compete and make a chocolate cake. And so uh, the veteran chef's been making his perfect chocolate cake for years. So he just speeds through it. He knows it by heart. It is what it is. It's done 10 minutes early. And the rookie chef is like measuring things out and getting it. And, uh, and, and the rookie chef ends up winning, uh, and, and they ask the veteran, the veteran chefs like how I've been doing this for years. And they go, did you taste your cake? 
Uh, and uh, so he goes up and tastes his cake and he realizes he swapped out salt for sugar. Basically, you can be great and do this for a long time and make one simple mistake and screw it all up. So the most effective thing to do is to practice a recipe for success and repeat it over and over and over and over again. And anybody can do that. And that's what I love about your book. Four easy steps. Follow this guide. Uh, and, and you can be successful. It's what we did in Cutco. They only got three days of training to sell a knife, uh, sell a thousand dollar set of knives. So what did we do? We handed them a word for word script and said, just read this. They don't care if you're good at it. They care about the product, right? They care about what they're buying. So be likable and follow a script and a process that works. Man, Jeremy, that's easy, right? It's so easy. Yeah. Come on, man. It's not difficult. I feel like Joe Biden. Come on, man. It's easy. Let's, it's it, it, and that's a thing too. It does require us mm-hmm. to kind of just take a step back and stop overcomplicating the process. I think that is number one. A lot of people get way too worked up, get too focused in terms of thinking. Oh, I can't do that. Like that's 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 something. I'm not I'm not a good communicator. No, sure you are because yeah. I, I, I talked about this with Chris Spangle. I was over on the big the big channel. Um, yeah, and, you on know, the I was big talking, show. Yeah, I was telling him, you know, hey, like, <laughs> we're selling liberty. This is something I've been trying to focus on, not just in terms of selling liberty, but actually helping offer solutions to problems, right? Which I would say almost as synonymous. Um, you do this mm-hmm. every single day when you go to the office and you're, you're talking to somebody who isn't, uh, you know, just your average person. And and that's the thing I think too, Jeremy, right? We need to talk to average people. You mentioned just normal people. Be likable, yeah. be a normal human being. And that's what Trisha yep. Butler, when she was on my show back a couple of weeks ago, she said that's what the number one thing she did was, was try to be a likable, normal human being. And I said, well, there you go. That's the answer. Make libertarians humans again. And, and if we yeah. can enter into conversations, it. right, that people are like, oh, Oh, they're not just like these crazy random people who like to scream and yell at each other on the internet, but actually they yeah. care about me. They care about my yeah. problems and they're at, they're actually yeah. offering solutions. And that goes to your number two, right? If you can learn that, that process, you learn how, you know, what's working, keep, keep mm-hmm. going with it. But then also to your yep. point is to constantly, constantly be being aware of what, if it's not working, if, if things start to change, maybe you need to change your, your messaging. Maybe you need to change mm-hmm. the, the problems that you're solving. Maybe the problems that you were solving have changed. Maybe they're not top of mind anymore. There's a lot to pay attention to. And and to mm-hmm. your point too about the, the case, I think that the case uh, an example that you use uh, for the cell phone is so important because yeah, everybody needs a cell phone case, right? And, and instead of just saying, hey, here's this super expensive $90 case that me, the sales guy, can go ahead and just upcharge and get a nice extra little mm-hmm. bump in my commission. Let's let's actually talk. What does this person need? And to your point, it's not just trying to push a case. Yeah, they can go onto Amazon get right. a case for twenty dollars. It's saying, listen, this is you, you can get a case. And even like I think this is to your next point, right? When you're talking about upselling, you can almost say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this sounds like it could work for you with like a nice twenty dollar case. But I mean, based on what you're telling me, you use your phone for. Honestly, I think you would be more inclined to have a more sturdy case, a more reliable mm-hmm. case, a more impact resistant case. And and then you, you, again, you start to show that trusted advisor. And if, if you continue, this is a long-term game. And I say game in terms of it's a constant, uh, you know, interaction essentially between you and the, c- the consumer and you build up that level of trust. Now you can start to have larger conversations. So when the time comes that they say, Hey, by the way, I know you guys also sell, let's say laptops, right now. That's mm-hmm. a larger purchase. It's a larger investment, but it's also probably gonna be a larger sale for the sales guy. But 
that mm-hmm. was not the initial sale. That was a long-term process that was built up mm-hmm. through trust. And Jeremy, I don't know about you, but I look at the Libertarian Party, and sadly, I don't see a lot of trust that has been built and established nope. between ourselves and our potential electorate. I think that's where we're, maybe we're lacking for <laughs> a bit, eh? Much less, much less uh, between our electorate, we don't trust each other. Um, you know, we're always at each other's throats, like you discussed earlier. Uh, so if we can't trust libertarians, how are how are other people supposed to trust libertarians? So um, I think you make some really good points. One of the ones that I want to highlight is that uh, you mentioned uh, kind, of, kind of being able to upsell or them coming back to you and having that opportunity, being that trusted advisor. That all starts, uh, value is perceptive. What somebody values is going to be very different than what another person values. We all have different things that are important to us. And so we we can't just dive in on our pitch for liberty and say, end all taxes. The Fed is you know evil. We got to bring them home from wars, right? Uh, messaging has to matter to that person individually. And what we lack, as you say, in, in establishing that trust is that we've I, I don't know how many of us are having one-on-one conversations with ordinary people. Bingo. I, I look the part. the The party has to have messaging. The uh, our, our candidates need to message correctly. All that matters. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, but if we all just converted one person in the next four years, we're at five percent. Uh, we're at that magical number. Um, it, 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 and I don't think there's enough emphasis on. Let's convert one person, right? Let's have a conversation with one person and ask them what matters to you, what's important. It's getting to know your client, your prospect, and understanding what their hot buttons are, what makes them tick. And then you can present solutions that add value to them. But until you know what they value, you may be pitching something that has no value to them whatsoever. Bingo, right? And that right there, we all, man. I just feel like sometimes I've said this a bajillion times in the show and it's like I've been bashing my head against the wall but thank you Jeremy because that that shows that I'm not just you know speaking to against <laughs> no. you know speaking to myself here but also know your audience know who your your mm-hmm. market is and not everybody is in line to buy it what it is that you're selling at any Absolutely. given time I mean Heck, I bought a car two two years ago. Time's a son of a mm-hmm. bitch in an era of COVID. Uh, COVID. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I bought a new car, right, I was actively out looking for a car. So right. I was the market. If you were a, 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 a salesperson for a car company or if you were a marketing person for a car company, like, I'm your, your demographic. You're going after me. So at that point in time, that's a great time for me to start having the conversation but you know if i'm not in the market for a car and i'm getting bombarded with with ads and bombarded with calls from salespeople trying to sell me a car after a while i'm gonna be like dude i don't need a car but yeah. maybe there is a problem right that i'm currently having that that uh, that can be solved elsewhere and that's where asking more questions that's why step one of the four-step ebook is is to ask questions and across the board jeremy right if you go into a conversation thinking you know what the person that you're talking to needs, well, nine times out of 10, you're not going to be hitting it because you're probably going to be hitting exactly the opposite of what they need. So instead, ask them what they need and rather also, but I guess also focus on what the problem is. Actually focus on what is the underlying issue because, and Spike Cohen made this point when he's in the show too, is you could talk to somebody who's more on the left and they say, I want universal healthcare, right? They think they need 
government solutions. What what their actual problem though is is the cost they can't and afford access healthcare. Afford, exactly yeah. of, of a healthcare, and that right there is the underlying problem that we need to be able to solve. It's not a matter of saying you Rube, you can't go out and get free healthcare. Haven't you seen what happens in yeah. countries that do universal healthcare? If you're instantly in debate mode, you've lost them. They're not paying attention, and probably after the conversation, you're not going to have any good conversations going forward and they're not going to pay attention to you. So instead, actually addressing that real underlying issue, man, I think that right there would be something that would lead a lot of libertarians to have, I would say, what, more productive conversations and more long-term results? Yeah, and and look, if we're honest with ourselves, none of us became libertarians overnight, right? This is a process that a lot of us have to go through, and thank God for the people who we were around who gave us the grace to go through the process. I I do I supported Roy Moore at one point. Okay, I was as bad <laughs> as they come, okay? So, uh not in his most recent run. Uh but back in the day when he was 10 commandments guy and yeah, I was the religious right. Um, and, and it took time to really go through and sort this. So what you have to do is kind of get your foot in the door on one issue, um, that people can agree with you on, um, and, and that, that, you know, matters to them. And again, we're talking in context of one-on-one conversations with friends and family right. that, that, you know, they can trust you on. Here's, here's what I always used to do. So, uh, you know, I, I would always teach people, look, it, you want to try and find people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And what'll happen yes. is I love that. you'll you'll sh- you'll show them, "Hey, I care about your problems. I care about what's going on with you. I do have different solutions than you." Um and they may not be that receptive to hearing them at the time, but if you truly believe in your product, which I do when it comes to liberty, I believe this can convert and change the hearts and minds of anybody. I have full conviction in my product, right? I know that as long as I keep planting those seeds, there's going to come a day where some shit hits the fan. I'll give you a great example. I've got a friend of mine. He is an unapologetic democratic socialist. Um, and and I'm, I am deathly concerned for his life right now because uh, COVID restrictions have prevented him from leaving Israel right now. Uh, his company was going to evacuate him uh, on day one, the first, missile, the, the first missile strikes from Palestine, and they had to wait three days for a COVID test to come back, a negative COVID test. The airport's closed. He can't get out. He's trapped in a war zone. Now, <laughs> I think he's going to be a little more receptive to the idea of maybe government shouldn't dictate who gets to travel freely and who doesn't um, ba- based on based on a medical test. Right. Uh, sometimes you just have to keep planting those seeds until the opportunity presents itself where they are just so frustrated and so pissed and they realize they're wrong. Right. Uh, being in telecom and in cell phones. Right. I it, it, Trust me. There's going to be a point where their current service provider pisses them off, right? And so you just have to be that voice that's ready to catch them when they're ready to change. So, so yep. uh, I think that's that, that it just just plant those seeds, show them you care, show them you're not a heartless monster because you disagree with them, and you just have different solutions um, that, that can work. I, I, I'll give you a great one on what you're talking about just so people can copy it. Uh, there are two that I always talk about when it comes to uh, when somebody talks about Medicare for all, I go, yes, yeah, I, everybody should have affordable health care. The problem is that it's not affordable in America. If you want to get a hip replacement right now, it's sixty thousand um, dollars out of pocket. Right. Uh, if you go to Mexico and you fly a U.S. surgeon down 
put him in a hotel for two nights and he does that surgery on you, it's $12,000 in Mexico. If a veterinarian in the United States who goes through eight years of training, just like a, a doctor does, all of the, the hip, the hip is made by the same company that makes human hips, all of those same uh, standards, equipment, everything, it's $5,000. There is something broken in the market as to why you can't afford your health care. And it's not because the government isn't paying for it. Uh, the other one that a lot of people like to use is LASIK surgery. Mm, it's one that yeah. the insurance isn't involved in, insurance doesn't cover, and it's drastically gone down in price now to under, I think it's under a grand to get LASIK surgery, like college students are paying to get LASIK right now. So, um, yeah, it, 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 and, and so those are opportunities to show that, hey, it's not, the problem isn't that, the government's not paying for it. The problem is how much you're having to pay for it. And here's where government gets involved. Mm -hmm. And I think part, partly too, let's even make it more of a microcosm, you know, go from macro to actually truly micro beyond just libertarian ideas. And I think this, as we start to go towards the end of the show, Jeremy, is that it also goes towards people, not just trusting your solutions, but trusting you, trusting you, mm -hmm. the person. And I, I think back to even specifically in you know my day job also in telecom um, back when I was a sales guy doing direct sales I had an account and this so I'm in in the the more business to business medium large mm -hmm. business uh, enterprise size accounts and I had this really long sales cycle I gotten through you know I peaked interest I'd answered his questions solved his problems and was able to establish next steps and we were going through the entire sales process built up a really great rapport with a guy, um, had a great solution in place, and then budget cuts hit. Lo and mm -hmm. behold, back in 2018, nothing could really move forward. Well, it's one of those things I, I you know, it was a it was a nice account, but it just kind of got put in the back burner. I ended up, I moved up the ranks at my current company, and then it just, it was out of mind. I didn't really think about the account mm -hmm. until, Jeremy, out of nowhere, completely out mm -hmm. of nowhere last week, I got an email in my inbox and I noticed the name and I realized, and I see a fly in my glasses, I, I saw <laughs> a, a, a name uh, and I was like, oh, I know this name. That I think that's the guy mm -hmm. from 2018. I opened it and here was a reply from the original thread in 2018 and he said, hey, yep. Brian, really, really enjoyed working with you back in 2018. I know things kind of fell off where we couldn't work with you, but I really enjoyed working with you and your company. And I knew that your solution was a really good solution, but, you know, things didn't work out, but I wanted to reach back out. Right now, we have a new solution that we're looking at, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in seeing if you could help us out. And that right there spoke to me. I said, okay, it wasn't just the solution, because, I mean, candidly, in the era of telecom, things are advancing so quickly that a solution right. from three years ago is is relatively, quote-unquote, obsolete, technologically yeah. impairing, right? So, you know, the fact that it wasn't the solution that he was calling back about, but rather... It was me. It was my company. Mm -hmm. It was it was our our sales process of not just going through and trying to to shove, you know, this one solution, one size fits all solution down his throat, but rather trying to really find out number one what his problems were, excuse me, his problems were, but also number two, what not out there that he, or rather, what didn't he need? What what were people that were forcing down him? You know, he was being tried to uh, uh, told he needed a fiber pipe, and his company mm -hmm. he, they didn't need fiber. It wasn't something that was right. necessary for what they were doing. Now that's something that 
if you're a regular rep for a regular carrier, you're like, yeah, that's my mm-hmm. incentive. I want to sell this particular product because that's how I get I get spiffed. But if you're truly going in and a consultative approach, you're trying to figure out what needs to be accomplished, what problems need to be solved, and also what strategic goal are we aiming for? And I think if we can mm-hmm. kind of approach it through that mentality instead of trying to push the product and build that, that and I, I actually, it's funny, it's funny how things happen, Jeremy. I was reading this blog post not even two hours before our conversation here. Mm-hmm. And in the blog post, it was talking about how, you know, when you're calling somebody on the phone and you're trying to like do a cold call, for example, and it, mm-hmm. the question was, how how many minutes or seconds should you focus on building rapport? And it was like a poll of uh, zero to 30, 30 to 60, 60 plus other and the top mm-hmm. comment, which round of applause to the co- top comment was, guess what? <laughs> zero. You should be spending yeah. zero time trying to build rapport. <laughs> Building rapport is something that just happens. It's not something that you yeah. force. It's not like, okay, I looked up online and the guy, let's see, he, uh, oh, he likes football. I'm going to go in and talk about football. And it's going to yeah. be really awkward, but rather you start to show, you start to ask questions that pique his interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the yeah. monologue there, man, but I think it's important for us to, to understand and, and really lay this out for folks, how this all connects. And and let's kind of, as we, we go towards the end of the show, I said that already because I want to talk a lot because I don't hear myself talk apparently, but also <laughs> talking about um, something that you did in terms of a poll. Now I talk about the poll because yeah. let's talk about you know, when we're trying to sell things, we need data research. We need, we need to look and see mm-hmm. what's out there. Now this is not necessarily a super, uh, you know, Super no, scientific. scientific. <laughs> we get that, folks. Understood. But rather, this is something that I think is a great, um, a great kind of snapshot in terms of yeah. where people's heads are at. Now, let me see here if I can go ahead and pull this up. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get the uh, the screenshot to, to share like we did earlier, Jeremy. So I'm going to share. Here's your your Twitter here. All right. Right. Yep. Did you first hear, and this is for the audio listener, about and discover libertarianism via a local candidate, a presidential race? Or other. Local candidate was 3.3%. Presidential candidate, 41.2%. Other, 55.4%. 55. Yeah. 55.4%? That's, yeah. that's a big number. So, it, Jeremy, it talk is. to me. What what were some of those, uh, as we you know go towards the end here, what were some of those others? Where are people finding yeah. libertarianism, especially because I, I know... I heard, you know, Ron Paul, I, every time I have people on the show, I say, well, yeah. where'd you hear from libertarianism? It's either Ron Paul, Rand Paul, Gary Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hear, heard a lot of Harry Brown lately, which I'm ecstatic oh, nice. about. Um, yeah, not too many Joe Jorgensen's. I'm not trying to poke fun at her, but I, mean, I think you know, it's right. still relatively new. Um, so otherwise, now I'm just like, oh, an other? So talk to us. What was the other? <laughs> Yeah, so other other encompassed things like we're doing right now, podcasts uh, in, in this new media. Uh, a lot of people reference that they had friends and family send them Reason articles back in the day, um, and uh, and then books, authors, uh, uh, you know, libertarian authors that people had shared with them uh, over the years. Uh, so basically, they learned about libertarianism away from the LP. Um, in that way. But the, the one that really stuck out to me more than other Brian was the 3.3% on local. I hear a lot of people talk about, we really need to focus on local elections. And like, 
at a certain context, yes, we do. They're winnable. Uh, they're not expensive uh, to win in most cases. Uh, and, and they can actually make a difference in people's lives. But what the evidence shows is they're not creating more libertarians. And so we can't just ignore our big race uh, because four out of 10 libertarians are here because they heard about it through the LP's presidential campaign. Uh, and I don't know about you, but we can't really throw away 40% uh, of our potential uh, electorate out there. So uh, that, that was one of the things I really gleaned from it is that those, the other and the presidential is what's going to lead to more local wins uh, because that, that, that's just what, the data told may me. i i have a i have a, yeah. a theory a hypothesis if they may okay. if we're actually you know trusting the science i think this is a way we actually do science is testing it um so mm-hmm. here's my hypothesis jeremy i'd love to hear your thoughts okay. i think is that people don't necessarily correlate local candidates with libertarianism the ism until they can tie the candidate locally with the big L libertarian candidate in the future or down the road or at the time of the election when the, mm-hmm. that kind of like, okay, that A plus B does equal C. Oh, mm-hmm. so I think almost yeah. the local election, and this has been kind of the, the approach I've been taking sure. more in the show recently, has been the local approach builds people up to be libertarians, not through... I know the the I'm a libertarian, but rather I'm living mm-hmm. a libertarian lifestyle via policy, and then to tie the okay, you know, here's the libertarian presidential candidate, and they're saying, "Don't you love school choice in these states that just passed it this year? Mm-hmm. That's a libertarian idea." And you're like, "Oh, I like school choice. Am I a libertarian?" What right. I go on, I go on the interwebs and I search what is a libertarian. And I start to dig into more, and then you they start yeah. to read. I think that's the secret sauce right there, and I think okay. it does go yeah. hand in hand. What are your thoughts? I I think it goes hand in hand. I also think it goes hand in hand in the other direction. Right, is that they hear about libertarianism because, like me. They get sick of what the two candidates have to offer, so they go looking for something else. They find a presidential candidate they like, and then they go, oh, well, what's this Libertarian Party? They click on it, they evolve, they find who's local, and then they they kind of support down-ballot races too. So I think it can absolutely work in both directions. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I, the, I think the emphasis – and I don't want to pee in anybody's Cheerios. I'm not afraid of being controversial, but I, I do like to remain likable – is that's why it's important to put the L next to your name. Um, I, I'm a big believer in if you're a candidate and you're running and it is a partisan race, put the L next to your name. So people know what to associate it with. Uh, the, the biggest issue I have with the Republican strategy, Dr. Ron Paul did everything perfectly (laughs) and finished fourth. Uh, you know, it's, he, he, I, I just don't think it's, it's viable and it confuses people. They go, well, is this Trump? Is this Liz Cheney? Is this Rand Paul? It just gets messy. Just, just slap the L next to your name and go prove that you can win the race based on your merits. That that's my belief system. Um, I know not everybody agrees with me and that's okay. Uh, I'm not willing to, to, to fight them over it. Really. I'll support them, uh, when it comes down to it. But I I think the more people we have that have the bravery to stick libertarian next to their name, I, that 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 makes me pretty damn proud. <sighs> Jeremy Todd, the conversation could go on and yeah, on could. and on. And I have a feeling, just a sneaky suspicion, 
It will at some point we'll here, yeah. very, very near in the future. So with that being said, obviously for folks on the uh, the the audio who are the traditional listener of the show here, yes, because we're recording this on YouTube, so the uh, the uh, the video listener gets to catch this before everybody else at 8 p.m. before it airs. But for folks who are looking to go ahead and follow you, I have a scrolling at the bottom at J Todd six zero. One is the Twitter. And Jeremy, with that being mm-hmm. said, what can folks go ahead and look forward to coming down the pike? We have Liberty Unity, obviously, that you've been focusing yeah. on. What else has been going on? Yeah, so uh, two two projects that I'm in on right now. One is Liberty Unity, a very loosely unorganized uh, uh, movement. Uh, think think uh, Dave Smith for really, really jumping on board and getting involved with this. Basically, it says libertarians aren't your enemy, regardless of what variety they come in. Um, we have bigger, uglier, stronger enemies that are destroying people's lives. Uh, we should link arm in arm with them regardless of our disagreements and stop the infighting. That, that's essentially it. If you're a libertarian and you're willing to put libertarian next to your name, I'm on your damn team and I got your back. Uh, so that that's what Liberty Unity is all about. It's not more complicated than that. The second thing that uh, as soon as I get out of, uh, you know, crying baby phase uh, is uh, starting a uh, just, just a a loose caucus. Um, I know a lot of guys are working on the projects of bringing this sales into the Liberty movement, the lessons that we've learned and all the things that we can do uh, to improve our effectiveness in these conversations uh, like yourself, Brenda Ritter um, and a couple others. Uh, and, and I really want to create a, a salesperson caucus that is not uh, necessarily a voting sect that is not to take away from others, but just to bring uh, those of us who know how to effectively communicate together and make the other people in the party better uh, to, to, to effectively do trainings. And you can find out a little bit more about that at LP underscore Carnegie uh, for my boy, Dale Carnegie, author of how to win friends and influence people. Um, we'll be doing a lot more with that in the coming months. I'm a proud member. I, I'm in. I'm in the groups. I pay attention. That's right, because uh, right. this this is the future, guys. This is how we're going to be able to change people's hearts and minds. I say it in uh, my ads. I, I say it when I go out on, on social media. I say it when I do any podcast appearances. I'm done with this whole libertarians being right thing. I don't care anymore. I don't care about who's the most pure. What I care about is trying to make people's lives better. And I think that should be all of our goals. We shouldn't be focusing on these little minor details and feuding amongst each other, but rather building those relationships, trying to help build coalitions. And to your point, Jeremy, actually enter into those conversations as problem solvers will help make people's lives better and I think conversely make more people libertarian with that being said folks if you enjoyed the episode Again. please do me a favor share the episode but with that being said Jeremy Todd thank you so much for joining the Brian Nichols show thank you Brian we'll talk soon get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor Mudwater coffee is one of America's favorite beverages with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice but let's be real Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? 
Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health? Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala, chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is the zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Jeremy Todd. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining the program, and thank you for bringing the ideas of, yes, being a sales professional to the Greater Liberty Movement, LP Carnegie. Please go ahead and support that amazing organization if you have not done so, and please go ahead and support Jeremy and all the work he's doing, along with a great team of David Fight, Reed Coverdale, and all the others at Liberty Unity. We need to get Liberty into action, folks, and we do that by getting libertarian or liberty-leaning folks into office, putting liberty policy into action, but also in the private sector, offering liberty solutions, and it helps with us getting more government out of the way so we can offer those solutions going forward. So, if you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor, go ahead not only and support Jeremy, but please go ahead and share today's episode and tag me when you're doing that at B Nichols Liberty Twitter, Facebook, and Minds.com. Oh yeah, parlor.com too. So go ahead at B Nichols Liberty if you enjoyed the show particularly, or if you want to go ahead and see a guest uh, be on the show that you want to go ahead and, and either suggest, or maybe you represent a guest, or you yourself think you'd be a great guest, well, email me, Brian at BrianNicholsShow.com. Also, if you have not had the chance yet to uh, read our awesome brand new ebook, Four Easy Steps That You Can Implement Right Now, as I hit my microphone, right now, that's right, to uh, help sell uh, liberty to friends and family, you can find that at briannicholsshow.com forward slash liberty friends ebook. And that ebook, if I did not mention it, it is free, entirely free. That's right. It's a free ebook. So again, it's uh, four easy steps you can take right now to help sell liberty to friends and family. And it's found at briannicholsshow.com forward slash liberty friends ebook. And I've heard so far some awesome, uh, some awesome responses from it and people actually using the steps and they're working. People saying to me, hey, I've actually talked to some coworkers, and I'm using the approach of, uh, you know, this asking questions, trying to pique interest, uncovering objections. It's working, and I'm finding people are actually starting to say, can you tell me more? There you go, folks. That's that's the, the most difficult step is getting people to actually be interested in our ideas, and if we actually take things in a sales approach, I think you're going to find our job will actually be a lot easier than we thought it would be, because these are ideas that your average person are kind of resonating with to begin with. So, if you're finding some value of what we're doing here at the program and you're finding some value in what we offered here at the ebook, well, guess what? You're going to get all that and more over on our Patreons, the Brian Nichols Show Patreon. And we right now we have two uh, tiers. Right now we have entry-level sales executives and account executives, $5 and $10 a month. And each of those will get one of these awesome don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker. That's right. See this, folks? If you're on the YouTubes right here, you go ahead and see that. And by the way, YouTube uh, viewers, you go ahead and get to watch the program every single show 
early before everybody else. That's right. If you head over to our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, by the way. I know, I'm sorry, diverting from Patreon. But for you YouTube listener, you get to see the show before everybody else. So you head over uh, Sunday nights, Tuesday nights, and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You'll see the program airing the night before the traditional audio episode over on our, our podcast feeds at 6 a.m. Eastern the day following Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And of course, we have our traditional Sunday Canada highlight series. But going back to the awesome Patreon. Yes, we have some awesome stuff behind the scenes happening at Patreon, getting people to be better sales professionals. Uh, I am so excited to uh, show you guys what we're going to be doing over the Patreon. So if you're interested, I will include the link in the show notes and also you'll see all the benefits that come with a $5 entry level and $10 account executive levels over at the Brian Nichols Show Patreon. So coming up here on Wednesday, Wednesday, we are joined by longtime libertarian activist and honestly, she's, she's leading the fight in terms of how we can help talk about liberty better and she's been doing that for quite a while now one carla howell now carla she uh, helped re, uh, you know raise a lot of hell up in the great state of massachusetts in terms of getting some liberty policy into action but also trying to get people more aware about liberty ideas we talk about what exactly helped pique people's interest and in really get some traction in, in a blue state like massachusetts so if you're interested in hearing that conversation make sure you've hit that subscribe button on the youtubes here hit the little bell notification button and for you traditional podcast listener make sure you've hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode so with that being said thank you for joining us on the brian nichols show it's brian nichols signing off for jeremy todd we'll see you wednesday thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian audio production for the brian nichols show is brought to you by db podcast audio learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com